those things are good. Wow, there's just so much going on here this morning in the spirit that uh, I'm not going to teach. I'm just going to kind of talk about maybe one or two things, and we're just going to kind of continue to flow in the spirit. Does that sound good? I, I mean, there, there really is. Do you, guys, do you guys recognize it, like what's going on? Like I'm trying to, rec- I'm trying to, to catch up with Holy Spirit right now with what he's doing. And so today I, I want to tell you that I think today you're going to walk away with a change rather than with uh, a teaching. And and can we all just be okay with that? I have teachings. I just, you know what I'm saying? Holy Spirit really is doing something right now that, you know, you you just don't want to, this is good practice because you just don't want to move on to the next thing if, if he's not moving on yet. That's probably the word for you, for Let's close some prayer. <laughs> that might be it. You know, you don't want to move on if he's not moving on. I mean, we live in a culture that's always telling you to, your value is based upon how busy you are. In the kingdom, he just sees things differently. You don't want to move on if he's not moving on. So I just released that. Who, who's feeling pressure to move on? Like, there's something in your life you're feeling like this pressure, like, I got to do something, I got to do something, like, I got to move on. Just raise your hand there. Like, yeah, we just release, if you're around them, just put your hand on their shoulder. We're just going to do some ministry right now. We just release that peace of the Lord. Yeah, just, just put your hand on their shoulder. If you're new to Zion, we just give you permission to go ahead and, and take a risk and, and put your hand on their elbow, their shoulder. And there, there's someone right over here. Ian, can you help me out? Up front here, if I could have someone come up front to our very uh, first row. Thank you. Anybody else who doesn't have someone? Okay, guys, I just want you to just, I want you to just pray over them right now that if he's not moving, you don't move. That if he's not moving, you don't have to move. And we just break off that, that pressure from the enemy, that pressure from man, that, that, that thought that says, I must do something to be valuable. I must accomplish something in order to show that, that, that I'm moving with the Lord, that my life has purpose. We just break that off in Jesus' name. And we just release right now the peace of heaven over your circumstance, the peace of heaven over your life, the peace of heaven over your mind right now. You do not need to run out ahead. That Jesus knows exactly how to get you into every place in life that you're called to. That Jesus knows how to get you exactly where you're supposed to be. He knows how to get you into your seat. Those are just laying your, those are praying. I want you to just, I, I want you to just remove, you're going to do some deliverance right now. I want you to right now, I want you to just cast Satan away from that person. We just rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. <laughs> and we declare over you that your warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, spirits, and principalities in the heavenly realms. And I have good news for you. You're seated above every one of those. You're seated above every place in Christ Jesus. According to Ephesians, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That you are the head, you are not the tail. Yeah. 
you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm stealing that word from me. I'm not moving without Holy Spirit. So I, was, I went up to the call yesterday up in Cleveland, and uh, I was reminded of something while I was there. The Lord just kind of showed me something that I forgot. How many of you are glad when the Lord shows you stuff that you forgot? And I went to the first call in 2000 uh, in Washington, D.C. There were 400,000 people, 400, people who gathered on the mall in Washington, D.C. And I was there, uh, and I was 17 years old. And yesterday, I was up at Cleveland again, and it was 17 years later. And when I went to the call when I was 17 uh, in, two, in the year 2000, uh, I, I wasn't saved yet. I got saved like the, like the next week or like two weeks later. So it's like, I don't, you don't even know how you got there. Like, I was at the call, and I wasn't saved. <laughs> You know, and 17 years later, I'm a pastor. 17 years later, I've just seen God do so many amazing things in and through my life that, you know, what, what, what the Apostle John, the one who Jesus loved, wrote about, if there aren't enough books in the world to write down the things that he has done. And, and so, so I was reminded of this yesterday at the call, and uh, there's, so there are, there's um, a biblical meaning and spiritual significance to the number 17. And so, so 17 has to do with, uh, someone's pointing, oh yeah, 17. So 17, 17 has to do with uh, overcoming the enemy and walking in victory. Like, like, not, not, like not like being credited. Okay, so like not just not losing, it has to do with winning. This makes sense. It's not just mercy, it's actually walking in grace. So, so why 17, you know, you hear people say, you know, every number has like this amazing meaning, right? <laughs> so 17, uh, when, when Noah took the animals into, into the boat, into the ark, it was on the 17th day of the second month. And that represented when God overcame the, overcame the enemy and wiped out sin, wiped out the planet that was full of, of pollution due to sin. And then it was on in the seventh month, the 17th day of the seventh month is when, they got, is when the boat rested on the mountains and they got out. The calendar year, Nisan 17, is when Jesus, it was that day that Jesus went to the cross I was reminded when I was up at the call of just the significance of 17. And how many of you know it's also the year 2017? That this is actually the year where you partner with not just not losing, but actually winning. Does that, does that make sense? I know this is super spiritual. <laughs> About actually carrying out the overcoming spirit that is inside of you. And moving it out. And I believe the Lord wants to do it quickly and double. Why? Because I'm 34. 
And I actually believe I'm here this morning to remind you of that. See, God is always better than we think. Always better than we think. Always better than we think. You know, how many of you feel called in this room? And some, this might be new language for you, but how many of you feel called? And if you're listening later on podcast or now, you can respond to this as well. How many feel called to be a breaker? I know it might be, well, I'll explain what that is. So, so a breaker is someone who leads the way through, through, through hard territory and, and creates a path for others to follow or creates a path for the kingdom to flow into. How many of you know breakers, usually there's not, like, breakers are the ones out ahead. Breakers are on the front line running into that battle. But how many of you know that in order to be a breaker, you must be broken? That in order to be a breaker, to carry that out, you must just be willing to be, car- to be broken. Like, you must be willing to be broken by the Lord. Like what we were, what 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 Lindsay and, and Cheryl were leading us in this morning with the Spirit was this thing about God being willing to get low and being willing for Him to show you something, being willing for Him to break something inside of you, so that you can be a breaker. Does that make sense? Okay, we can make this a legal meeting. I open up your Bibles. I'm not going to teach, but just open up your Bibles uh, to. Let's look at Second uh, Corinthians four. Yes. Are you guys? Are you guys still with me? You guys okay? Okay, so 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians 4. Okay, so I've just been kind of, kind of meditating on this verse, is that uh, verse 4, uh, like halfway through, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Jesus, who is the image of God. The God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory, everyone say glory, glory. of Jesus, who is the image of God. That there is a light in the gospel that actually carries the glory of Jesus. I'm going to skip down to verse 7. This is Paul talking. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Some of you are like singing that song right now. It was in the Bible first. 
I'm going to skip down to verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. See, when these things that God is revealing come into our life, when these things that he's revealing about our lives come to the surface, that is the invitation to get our eyes off of the circumstances onto that unseen realm. You won't be destroyed by it. You won't be destroyed by it. But it's actually an invitation to fix your eyes on a different realm. How many of you, see, I can't believe I'm going to do this. How many of you seen the movie Inception? That movie was like psychological warfare I wasn't prepared for when I first saw it. And if you haven't seen it, I, you know, it's, it's just one of those movies that I've seen it like in different segments, like probably not all the way through, probably a number of times, and I still don't know what's happening in the movie. Like I've 10, 12 times, I still don't understand it. So just full disclosure. But Inception, the, the movie, uh, it's, it's about this. The idea that uh, a thought could be planted into someone's mind, and that thought could change their reality. That that thought could actually change their reality, so much so that you might get stuck in that reality. In the movie, they go through different layers of what the impact of that is, and, 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 and you see people in the movie who get stuck in these thoughts, who get stuck in a thought, and they can't get out of it. You know, one of the greatest things that the enemy wants to do is to try to give you one of his thoughts and see if it lands inside of you. To see how quickly you might recognize that thought, or if you begin to, to, to agree with the thought and then partner with the thought. And then what happens after we partner with the thought, we actually start liking the thought. And we, we, we take that thought, we take that lie, and we actually start to hang out with it. We start to have dinner with it. We, we, we start, it's a part of our lives. How many of you have met someone who, just, who, who believes that God doesn't want to heal them? This is not condemnation. You don't believe, you don't, the, the nature of deception is you don't know you're believing a lie. Like, you don't know it. Like, you, you don't know it. And I believe this morning the Lord just wants to set, set us free from some lies. To set you free from a lie. Here, here's, am I believing a lie or not? Is there fear in your life? Is there fear in your life? If there is fear active in your life, then there, there, there's a good chance that you're believing a lie. Why? Because perfect love casts out fear. This is not condemnation time. This is to recognize, oh no, like, like sometimes you do a check like that and you're like, no, I'm good, but I'm totally scared about three different things happening in my life. <laughs> then chances are something may have crept in there and planted itself, 
And you're living out of that reality more than you're living out of the reality of the kingdom of God and the promises of God. This is something that that our Sozo ministry goes through all the time. It's helping us get free from lies, helping us get free from those, those, those misconceptions, helping us get free from what that lie will do inside of us. Here, here's what a lie will do inside of you. It will, always, it will always detour you from your destiny. Paul would say things like this, Steve Backlund says, the highest level of spiritual warfare is taking every thought captive. Paul would say things like, take every thought captive to the knowledge of Jesus, to the knowledge of Christ. Can I read you guys some promises? Are you guys good? I know, I'm telling you, you're not going to leave with like this three-point teaching today. I believe you're going to leave with a change in your heart. I believe you're going to leave with a change and a fire inside of you. So let me give you some promises, because the devil wants to try to give you lies. Okay? What you feed on, what you feed on grows. I used to, we used to have this cat growing up. Thank you, Jesus, that the cats are not in my house any longer. But growing up, <laughs> growing up, growing up, we had, there, there were two cats, one was Fluffy, one was Tiger. And Fluffy did not like you touching her. It was the weirdest thing for a cat. And that cat, that cat would nip at people. It, it, I mean, it was, it, I'm not going to say it was demonic, but it was definitely, something was, something, was, something was going on where, gosh, that thing was just hard to be around. But we still kept it in the house for some unknown reason. Well, how many of you know the only reason that cat was, was able to do that is because we, we were feeding it. We gave it food every day. That cat was around doing that because we were enabling it to do it. Cats cannot be trained, by the way. <laughs> but what you allow, what you feed on, and what you give life to will have influence in your life. What you feed on and what you feed to will, give, will have an impact on you that looks like life or it looks like death. How many of you know like, it is that black and white? So those lies are those things that get inside of us and begin to, to, to absolutely eat away at you and eat away at your destiny. And you begin to believe it usually without knowing it. I don't know any Christian who's who I don't know any Christian who's like looking for a lie to believe. Right? I mean, he was like, yeah, let me like believe a lie today. That's not true. That's that, that's going to lead me astray. But we come to church, we come to church on Sunday mornings, we gather around other believers and we don't actually address the issues of our heart most often. Why? Because we're probably scared to bring that thing out to the light 
or fear has locked you down so much that you actually are no longer, you actually are not fellowshipping. You're not connecting with the Spirit of God and the other person, but you're going through the motions as though you were. Am I making sense to anyone in the room? This is not condemnation time. This is time to get rid of these critters because they don't belong in your life. Like, you're not called to that life. So let me read you some promises, and then we're going we're gonna to go after some of it. I'm just going to read these to you. So just, like, be in receiver mode. I'm not going to give you the scripture references because it would just take too long. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. For I am the Lord your God who takes you by your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. No weapon formed against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is their vindication from me. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, and he gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. <laughs> if my people who are called by name, my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I'm going to read this one again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. See, every time that something would try to come into our lives and into our hearts that would, that would try to dislodge peace, I want you, I'm giving you permission to recognize that that is an illegal assignment on your life. That according to the Lord, that covenant of peace will never leave you. Though everything may be shaken, it won't leave you. Paul would say things like, we are pressed down, but we're not destroyed. Though things are shaking around me, it's in that place that the invitation to see into the heavenly realm, to, go clo- to, 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 to sit at the feet of Jesus, to get close to his heart, that is the invitation during those times. It's not an invitation to remove peace. So I want you to just, just open up your hands, and I know we're, we're doing all sorts of stuff. Open up your hands or whatever you need to do. Maybe it's sit up or, or, or just move around for a moment. I want you to just ask the Lord if you have invited any lies into your life. God, what, are, what is a lie? Are there any lies I'm believing right now? 
And I'm going to be specific. I want you to ask the Lord, is there a lie about my life that I'm believing right now? Now, as soon as you recognize it, as soon as you feel like, I feel like that's it, I want you to just repent. God, I'm sorry. I did not realize that I was even believing that lie. So God, I just repent of partnering with that lie. And I choose to partner with you. So God, what are you saying about that area of my life? God, what do you think about that area of my life? Now I want you to ask God, is there any lie I'm believing about you? Am I believing any lies about your nature? just go ahead and do the same thing. Just repent of that. God, I I am sorry for believing that about you. You're not like that at all. But God, what are you really like in place of that lie? what, What are you like? What is the truth about you in that area, God? Okay, now are you guys ready to take risk? So I, w- I wouldn't be excited either. <laughs> Whenever it's like an open-ended question. I want you to share with someone around you what the lie you were believing about your life, what God said was the truth, what lie you were believing about God, and what he said was the truth. Why? Because we need to speak these things out into our circumstances, into our environment. And so just go ahead and share it with the person next to you. I know it's, it's, this involves vulnerability. I realize that. And so I just encourage you guys, we're going to do this just for two minutes here. Just get, get with someone around you and share the two things that God showed you.
And you don't have to start with the backstory to it, just what is the lie and then what is the truth. You don't have to go into the inception of it and into the, the genesis of it. Just what is the lie and then what did God show you is the truth. So what is a lie? What is the truth? Make sure you allow the other person to share. If the other person hasn't gone yet, you are an extrovert and we bless you, but give the other person room to speak. And if you could, when you guys are done doing this, if you guys could just be quiet just so I can know that that it's finished and, and then we're going to wrap up. It looks like most people are done. You know, one of the things we found is that sometimes just saying the lie is laughable, right? Like, you're like, oh my gosh, I was scared of that. I didn't realize that that was taking, that was, that was a part of me. You know, there's this story, uh, the book of Job, I'm sure many of you use that for devotions this morning. The book of Job is a book about how, how the enemy came, the enemy comes in and, and, and robs Job, robs him of his livestock, robs him of his servants, basically his business, and, and kills his family. The enemy came in and gives Job disease. Job was shaken down, but he was not destroyed. But the enemy comes in and, and, and wreaks havoc on, on, on Job's life. And then what happens is three friends who, you know, they did their best, uh, didn't steer him well. So God came into the situation and corrected Job of some stuff that was inside of his heart that Job didn't even know was there until he spoke it out. And then what happens is that, is that this story, sometimes we get, see, Job is the question, Jesus is the answer, Okay. 
What happens in this story is the enemy comes in, wreaks havoc, God shows up and restores Job, redeems him, and then he restores him. Meaning this, it says in Job 42 that the Lord blessed Job in his latter days more than he did in his former. That it actually says he doubled everything, he doubled Job. That he doubled his life. He redeemed him, brought him back up, and then restored him, gave him more. How many of you know your life is not supposed to be one where you just not lose, it's one where you're winning? I know, that, I know that that might sound almost too simple. I'm telling you, there's something on it with this whole 17 thing and moving in, that, moving in this invitation that you're not called just to live in mercy. You're called to live in grace. You're called for grace to be living through you. And so if that's you, I feel like, like this morning, there are just people in here, if you feel like you have been living some level of like a Job experience where stuff has just been chaotic, the enemy has just wreaked havoc, different circumstances have felt like they have just robbed you, and this isn't the point blame or, or to figure out why, but you've been in this position where things feel like they were taken away from you. I want you to raise your hand. I know, this, I know that takes vulnerability. It's, listen, this is family, so you have nothing to be worried about. But I want you to raise your hand, and we're going to close by praying for some of these folks. So, so I believe that the Lord wants to not just redeem what you've lost, wants to restore. Sometimes God will restore things to us that were destined for us that we didn't even know we were missing. Does this make sense? Like he'll give us things that we, we were always supposed to have, and we didn't even know it. See, God doesn't want to just make things good. He wants your life to look like Jesus. He, he, he wants the reality of heaven to be so all over your life that everything you touch turns to success. So those of you there, I, I know I kind of talked through that, but put your hands up again real quick. And I want us to just gather around these guys. I know that we, we're, we're moving around, guys. We're, we're like done after this. So just gather around them. And I want to just pray for them. And I, I want to just release that grace over their life. They're, restoring, they're redeeming and they're restoring grace of the Lord over their life. So just come into agreement for them, for not just the redemption of things that were lost, but the restoration of things that are going to be added. Yeah, so Holy Spirit, we just right now, we just release the redeeming work of the Lord, and right now we release the restoration of the Lord. We release the redeeming hand to restore what was lost and the, and the, the hand of restoration to add what was never given. We just call out right now the things that was never given that you've always had stored up, Lord. Would you just release that now in Jesus' name? We just come against discouragement right now. We, just, we, we end the assault of the enemy. Any ways that the enemy has been wreaking havoc, we just command that right now, that season to shift. We command that season to shift, and we just release that promise that you are an overcomer, that you are the recipient of his grace, not just his mercy. That the grace that you encounter when you got saved was just an appetizer. It was just a, a first taste of what your life is to become. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just, just continue to partner with them right now. You don't have to even say much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a story. Just continue to partner with them right now. I, I've, I've told this before, but I'm gonna tell it again. When I was a kid, I fell asleep and I missed Halloween. 
I was in costume and I fell asleep and, and I, 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 it was my fault and I missed Halloween and I woke up at about 10 p.m. and my dad took me out and we went door to door all over the neighborhood and I came back with more than what my sisters had. No one was out. We knocked on doors. Every door was, the lights were off and the doors were closed. But we knocked, my dad knocked on the door anyway and said, hey, my son fell asleep. Do you have any candy? I came home with more than my sisters did. <laughs> Meaning this, God will knock, well, God can open any door that you see is closed. God can turn the light on in any situation that looks dark and hopeless. And that you can have more than what you thought you were even able to carry. Because that's how good your God is. That's how good your Heavenly Father is. So I want you to just release the goodness of the Lord over them. Father, we just release your goodness over them, God. That your, that your, your face is always shining and pointed towards them. And right now, Holy Spirit, would you just go ahead and knock, knock down every door that needs to be open? We just release your light into every situation, God. We thank you for bringing not just a redeeming work, but the restorative work of the Lord over them, God. God, thank you for revealing your goodness through it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Yeah, amen.